All right, we are live with Memory Tracks episode number 21. We hit 20 last week, which was cool, over 2,000 listens, which was awesome. Feels really good. Um, I've been doing it for, I guess, six months now, and so far it's going well. But um, one of my, one of the cool, like, side things that started to happen originally, I talked about how I wanted to, you know, get to know people that I know uh, well already better by having these conversations with them. Um, and then when I had uh, uh, Mora, my one of my guests who came in, she was an Airbnb guest in episode like four or five, and it was kind of the first time to do the talk with somebody that I didn't know and hadn't met before. And uh, I'm happy today to have Leticia uh, here with me, uh, who is similarly somebody that I just met a couple of days ago. Um, you can say hello. Hello. <laughs> thank you for the invitation, and yeah. thank you for receiving me here in your nice house. Oh, well, of course. It's it's really nice to have um, people you're here uh, for South by Southwest. So we're recording on, what's the day, like three of South by? Something yes. like that. Yes. <laughs> we're still surviving, still have some energy, which is nice. Um, but yeah, so you uh, came here from Brazil. Exactly. What city in Brazil? I'm based in Brasilia now, the capital of Brazil. Gotcha. But, uh, I'm originally from the south of Brazil and moved uh, many, lived many years in Sao Paulo. Yeah. And now I'm in Brasilia. That makes sense because there's a song that you picked that I don't think we're going to actually go through it, but we'll talk about it, I'm sure, um, that I was reading the lyrics for. And, of course, it was in Portuguese, and so I had to translate it, but um, called I Go Back South. And that makes sense because you're from the south, so I bet that yeah. has something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really happy to have you here, uh, and welcoming you to Austin has been a lot of fun. I think hopefully you've had a good time and, uh, South by is such a cool experience for, I mean, I think a lot of people, there's kind of two paths you take. Some Austin people hate South by Southwest because they hate all the crowds and yeah, I imagine. they're, they're very dismissive towards people and frustrated with what it brings. But, um, and I get it. There's, I'm sure there's things with that, but for me, um, I always love having people visit and getting to meet people from around the world. And it helps me feel like I'm traveling, even though I'm still at home, because you, you teach me different things about from where you come. And this is really cool because I'm going to get to learn more. Um, and, you know, the songs we talked earlier about, if I knew any of them and, um, you know, I listened to them this morning and did some research and stuff and I hadn't heard of any of them, which is great. That's um, great. Because, yeah, it's always <laughs> a cool learning idea. experience. I mean, yeah. I'm happy. Totally. And uh, and hopefully, you know, listeners will also uh, relate to that and um, maybe learn something new that they'll go out and listen to. But um, it, should be, it should be a lot of fun. And tell me, give everyone a little bit of background as to, like, why you came to South by Southwest and, you know, what brought you here. Yeah, well, I've been working with cultural management for a long time, for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. Always in the private sector, I worked uh, a lot with audiovisual projects and also uh, contemporary art. Mm-hmm. And a few months ago, I was invited to work for the government and like I, a policymaker mm-hmm. from the Ministry of Culture. So, considering that the presence of the Brazilian creators uh, is really big in South by I came to see what's going on for the first time mm-hmm. I, I mean of course I heard about the festival and right. all that mm-hmm. but uh, I came because I hope to help to have a higher presence ne- next year to support the artists that are coming for South by 
in 2018. So that's the idea to know the festival and to to help the Brazilian artists to yeah. to come and to be exposed and known. That's cool. Do you have any um, artists that are here this week that you recommend that I should go see? Ah, oh, yeah, we're gonna have starting today. I can invite you to a happy hour just in front of the convention center yeah. in a dome called mm-hmm. Be Brazil. Okay. And in the end of the day, we have we'll have a bunch of um, uh, music music artists like, cool. performing. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't really gone out to see any music yet, so I should definitely check that off. And I think. It is really cool when the international bands come in because it's so hard for them to get up here and it's just expensive to travel as a musician. And uh, for us, it's such like a rare opportunity to get to see all of these artists from places that you know I normally would have no chance to see different bands. And hopefully this is a good starting point for them to yeah. get out there more and uh, vice versa for now I need to come visit Brazil. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, so you've got three songs picked for today, um, and we will start with, well, I will caution all the listeners and you that my pronunciations are going to be way off, so feel free to correct me, um, or if I struggle through, then I'll make you say it instead. Um, but uh, this first song is called Vila Lobos, uh, or no, it's by the composer Vila Lobos, Yes. and the song is called Bacchiana Number five? Yes, exactly. And there's a singer on it. Bidu Sayao. Exactly. Close, yeah? Yes. Not so bad. Um, So we will kick off with that one. Here we go. Thank you. 
That's very nice. Yeah. That's a little it's, opera. It is a sort of classic lyric music by Villa Lobos, which is uh, probably our most known uh, classical composer. Mm-hmm. When when was he? When was he active? Through his uh, career? From the 1930s to the 1960s. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it really is classic, though. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, it was very nice to hear. I, I didn't, um, wasn't able to find the translation for the opera, so I, I have no context as to the song itself, but definitely reading about uh, Bidu and, and him, like it sounds like very, uh, very classic, important artist for Brazil. It is. Still is. It seems this is like the artist that's most played around the world, like wow. more the than the contemporary ones, yeah. uh, because it's keeping being like recorded by gotcha. uh, orchestras and 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 so on. And uh, what's interesting is like he had this very very classical f- um, education formation, but he started adding some local elements mm-hmm. in his. Uh, music, so we have like these classical elements, and the song refers to Bach, mm-hmm. uh, but also very local Brazilian elements. He would add to that. Yeah. So, um, but I came across the song. Um, I mean, I, I knew Villa Lobos for a long time. We studied at school because it's a reference, mm-hmm. but I I didn't know that much his music. And a couple of years ago, I was. <clears throat> teaching at the University of Sao Paulo where I was getting my post-PhD research. Mm-hmm. And so I was required to teach one semester. And that was the period of my life that probably I studied the most and then also <laughs> learned the most because I had this huge responsibility of teaching for masters and PhD students. Oh, wow. And very, I, very smart people. <laughs> yes, exactly. People specialize in, in, in domains that I didn't know. Right. So among my students, I had this musician, because I was teaching sociology of the arts. Huh. And so I had like architects and musicians and people studying sociology of the arts, but in different domains. That's my speci- speciality. That's more like visual arts. Mm-hmm. So I had to study a lot. And uh, one day we were discussing one, one author, it's Howard Becker, he's from America, he's, also, he's a sociologist and a jazz musician, and we were talking about how, um, f- you know, the uh, creativity of artists and how artists, they have like sometimes to break boundaries and go beyond, but also they deal with the heritage they have, right. you know, the, 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 the concepts and the, the kind of knowledge that's built, but some points really to, to break through, to make, you know, to be an artist, you have to sort of to, to break that and to, to create Push a new ahead. thing. And, um, and then we had this, this special student, Fernando, he's, he's really brilliant. And he had to make a presentation for us, and he start the class with Villa Lobos because Villa Lobos refers to Bach. At the same time, he brings something totally new to to the classical music. 
So I was like amazed, and uh, it was a very special moment for for that period, for these classes, and how I learned from yeah. my students. Do you miss teaching? I do. I do. It's something that uh, I've been doing on and off since I finished my PhD, PhD in France in 2006. Mm -hmm. But I, well, since then, I'm working like in the market, as I said, as a cultural manager and developing projects. So I never thought, uh, let's say, in a regular basis. That, that was the, the first experience that I had one semester, like teaching every week. It was very intense, and it was really, really interesting, and I, I miss that. But I mean, usually I give one class or one week class or a weekend class. Yeah. But I think more and more at some point I probably go back to the academia and uh, yeah. teach more. It's, it's a great uh, it's a great experience and it's, it's more about what you learn and share than what about you teach. Right. What kind of work um, did you have your students do for a class like that? Uh, we Just had a lot of like research and reading. And lots of reading <clears throat> and discussing because because of the they are already like researchers and some some of right. them are also teachers so we had uh, uh, reading would not read in class would like discuss upon the texts or the books that we the authors that we consider important for the, the subject matters each one were studying so we had this uh, and also bringing their experience and the, and the research projects they were working on. So this is a student who is a musician and also like studying sociology of music. Mm -hmm. um, his uh, thesis project is about um, a, a women classical composer in Brazil. So it's about gender, it's about ah. music and how she could make a career in that very masculine sort of environment, yeah. what allowed her to to go on was that and like be a, recognized. Was that a modern artist or was that more yeah. classically? Um, well, it, it, it was during the modernist time mm -hmm. in the 20s, yeah. uh, but uh, she was a classical uh, musician. Cool. So she played piano. What was her name? Her name... I will not recall right now, but if I do, I tell you. Guys. Yeah, no, I'd love to know. That sounds cool. She, yeah. I'm sorry, I, I remember now. Chiquinha Gonzaga. Okay. Chiquinha Gonzaga. Chiquinha Gonzaga. Yeah. Okay, I can remember that. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that sounds like a cool class. I took a few music classes in school, um, and most of it was just about like the history of music and things like that, but diving down into the sociology of it, that seems pretty interesting. Yeah. Sociology offers an interesting perspective to, I think, to think about culture and think about art, because one part is, of course, creativity, and you know, what people have to bring to right. the world. But the other part is about the connections, the context, what make things possible to happen. Yeah. And sometimes it's a sort of it um, breaks the aura mm -hmm. of the art world. I think it's not about only talent. Yeah. Uh, it really depends on many things. And for, for sociologists of the arts, as uh, Becker, he wrote uh, the art world, 
And <clears throat> he understands that art is a collective creation, always, even when we think like a writer and he's doing it alone, you know, writing in his room. Um, but of course, the, the great example, I mean, the more evident example is cinema. You know, if you look at the credits, everybody's <laughs> is there, so like hundreds people of people. <laughs> and it, it wouldn't be possible if it would not be so many people. Right. But it's also valid for music and for any other expression, I think. It's sort of a, a, a social creation. Did you guys talk about, everyone always says that you know in order for like the artist must suffer in order to, to make something good um how does that is that a topic that comes up about hardship and how hardship drives creativity and whether or not that is a requirement for making something it it can be one subject and especially this this romantic idea that like the artist is really an outsider mm -hmm. and the underdog mm -hmm. And all that, but I, I think contemporary artists are kind of are beyond that, yeah. that, that idea already. That. You know? Yeah, that's cool. That's fascinating. I feel <laughs> like I'm gonna have to look up this Thomas Becker. Is that his name? Howard Becker. Howard Becker. Howard okay. Becker. Yeah, cool. it's worth reading. It's, it's cool. a, he's still active. He's a classic sociologist yeah. uh, for us from the academy, but it's still writing and teaching. Very cool. Well, shall we go to the next song? Yeah, let's go. All right, so the next song is... Actually, I'll let you pronounce this one. This is the Onde Anda Voce? Onde Anda Voce. Ah, much better. <laughs> <laughs> and who's the artist? It's by Vinícius de Moraes and Toquinho. All right, here we go. Por falar em saudade Onde anda você Onde andam seus olhos Que a gente não vê Onde anda esse corpo Que me deixou morto De tanto prazer E por falar em beleza Onde anda a canção Que se ouvia na noite Dos bares de então Onde a gente ficava Onde a gente se amava em total solidão Hoje eu saio na noite vazia Numa boemia sem razão de ser Na rotina dos bares Que apesar dos pesares me trazem você E por falar em paixão Em razão de viver Você bem que podia me aparecer Nesses mesmos lugares Na noite, nos bares Onde anda você?
na noite vazia Numa boemia sem razão de ser Na rotina dos bares Que apesar dos pesares me trazem você E por falar em paixão Em razão de viver Você bem que podia me aparecer Nesses mesmos lugares Na noite nos bares Onde anda você? Is that bossa nova? Would you consider that bossa nova? Yes, okay, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. It's Yeah, that's very, very relaxing music. <laughs> <laughs> And I, there's a, a dance style associated with bossa nova as well, right? We can dance bossa nova, but it's not a dance style, I wouldn't say. No. Would it be like... Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about dance to even say. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Tell me tell me about that song. I mean, I know it's a partnership between two different artists, right? Yes, and those are one of my favorite artists. Yeah. And Vinicius de Moraes, especially. He used to be a diplomat. And he gave up his career to be a musician and a poet. And I wow. guess he was um, not... Um, he was very bohemian, so he was probably not fit for the diplomatic career. Yeah. And he was such a talented person that he developed all these beautiful songs and, you know, one of the main songs of... The Bossanova, and he had his great partnership with Toquinho. Mm -hmm. He was much younger than him at the time, probably 20, 20 years or more. Younger. Yeah, okay. Toquinho yeah. Is, is his young partner, very young, and they composed uh, beautiful songs together. And this was the 60s and the 70s. Mm -hmm. And Vinicius, he also he, he had a beautiful ending. He, he died... Uh, in a bathtub with a glass of whiskey in his hands. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. The only way I, to go. <laughs> yeah. And he had many loves. I mean, most of the songs are about love yeah. and like being in love and right. he was like really passionate and he married like eight times maybe. And yeah. So, and uh, I used to listen when I was a child because my mom, she loved artist so yeah. we like it's the, the music I remember that was playing in the house when I lived in like this very far southern city in Brazil like close to Argentina and close to Uruguay and this very small town uh, where I lived until I was 10 so you used to to listen to to this kind of music and I had also a very good friend my best friend of my childhood, and her father used to love this musician as well. So we, when I would go to her house, often it was mm -hmm. playing those yeah. songs as well. You just couldn't escape it. And, uh, <laughs> and also that was my way to, to books and to poetry because I was interested. And, and uh, her father had a, this book of poetry by Vinicius, and I used to, okay. you know... To yeah. take a look and like start interested, being interested in in poetry because of that. 
And then jumping like maybe 10 years from that time, <clears throat> one of my first loves, I mean, when, you know, yeah, probably my first love, mm -hmm. when you can call love, you know, that I met when I was uh, beginning uh, university. Uh, we would go to my place uh, at night and uh, listen to my mom's L plays. And that would be... That was the first Yeah, one that would be the arts. And would listen to that over and over, sometimes through the night, because we spend the night like listening to music and talking. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was very romantic. And, yeah. And those are the songs. Those are good and, times and, uh, to think back to. Yeah. So the songs are... Remember me, this, these two parts of my life, I think, different. But, uh, I mean, it remains with me, and I still like to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, that I think inevitably a lot of people, when they think about what their songs will be, there's always going to be that type of a association of falling in love and spending time and like the bond that you can form with somebody through the yeah, song through itself. Music. Yeah, and then you hear it again and you're like, even if things have changed, it still calls back to a very pleasant memory, hopefully. Yeah, and there's a backstory that's not that happy, but. Um, at this time, when I was a child in this small city called São Gabriel, mm -hmm. in the countryside of Brazil, in the south, um, my mom fell in love with the father of my my friend. Mm. I mean, they like this. The yeah, the they liked the same song, yeah. and and oh, they were married, and uh, of course, the, the story didn't end. Uh, didn't have a happy end. But they were connected, I think, also very much through this through this artist. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, love is a very hard, weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, through the years, has the the music taken on more meaning for you, or is it something that you still just go back to and call back to the past? Yeah. Well, it's. Yeah, it's it's still present, present, and um, I still listen to it. And of course, it it reminds me this first love, yeah, and with whom I've been in contact uh, through my life. I yeah, mean, we went to different paths, obviously. Well, in this but song, like even reading the lyrics, it's, it says it sounds like it, the story is that he's basically remembering a lost love that he had, exactly. and going out at night in hopes of. Somehow, yeah, and wondering where somehow their past may cross again, yeah. but no expectation of it. Just exactly, it's yeah, wondering it's where would you be? Yeah, it's one the end of us is exactly where are you? Yeah, uh, it's sort of a wondering. I'm gonna have to uh, listen to more. I saw that they they did 120 songs together yeah. through the partnership. So. Sounds like there's probably a lot more songs mm, about yeah. lost loves. <laughs> <laughs> it, for me, it was hard to, to pick because there was this this whole long play that we used to listen, and and I love every song on that. Yeah, you know. So it was, I, I picked one that that tells about like when you wonder whether the yeah. lost love is. Uh, but could be any other, and there's beautiful, like uh, more of a samba song. This, yeah. you know, the Basanova is a samba with like it's, it's more slow, more 
right. mellow. Or, and it's very warm, though. Like you yeah. don't listen to it and necessarily feel sad. You just no, feel exactly. You, yeah. feel, you feel good. Yeah, it's, I like that. It's, it's kind of yeah, it's music that makes you happy. And this music is in different ways make me happy. Yeah, and you can count on that. That's always nice. It's important to have. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love when music can can do that for you. Should we go to the the final song? Yeah, let's go. Okay, so this one is by a band called Pink Martini, which I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Pink Martini and the song title is called Je ne vous pas travailler. Ma chambre a la forme d'une cage Le soleil passe son bras par la fenêtre Les chasseurs à ma porte comme les petits soldats qui veulent me prendre. Je ne veux pas travailler, je ne veux pas déjeuner, je veux seulement oublier et puis je fume. Déjà j'ai connu le parfum de l'amour. similarly romantic song as well or at least it has the vibe I don't know yeah I never heard this romantic song yeah but it could be could be like someone that's in love and doesn't want to do anything but think about (laughs) (laughs) her love and and staying like (laughs) smoking and thinking about love 
So these guys are from, they're actually from Portland, but um, it sounds like they have like 12 people in the band and across their music, they speak 12 languages or something oh, like wonderful. that. wonderful. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you, I just you know the song. Yeah, yeah. I you didn't know. know I will look for other songs yeah, in, other, in other languages. They're from, I guess, like the late 90s or so. So I guess they still do stuff. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I hadn't heard of them. So it, it was new for me, but I, I very much liked it. Yeah, and that's exactly the period. I mean, late 90s, beginning of 2000s, uh, when I was living in France. And this was a song very known in France at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went there for <clears throat> my studies, first my master and then my PhD. So I spent many years in Paris. And... Uh, my friends at the time, I mean, they were also students, PhD students, most of them, and I, I lived in, in a very nice apartment for Paris. It was really like a privilege because yeah. I had a big apartment that I shared with roommates, mm-hmm. great roommates. One of them is my best, best friend until now, after all these years. Um, and he, he, we used to throw great parties. <laughs> Really amazing parties almost uh, every weekend uh, where I would come. I mean, my roommates, they were not students anymore. They were working like Pierre Pierre Olivier, which is my best friend, Mm -hmm. a journalist. Uh, But I had many friends from from the PhD program and there were like many Brazilians uh, attaining sort of the same program with scholarships from the Brazilian government to study in France, which was my case in the case of many other friends. And this song, this song reminds me a very good friend who is a teacher now in the northeast of Brazil, Cleide. And she's this wonderful life spirit, always like in good mood, always wanting to enjoy life and uh, laughing. And I used to usually end the night like listening to this song and laughing yeah. and then she was she said she's she re- really wanted to enjoy life and Paris and everything so she didn't want to really s- study and work on her PhD because there was so much this going on much and, and to, <laughs> to enjoy yeah. and uh, it's really I mean it's such a, a wonderful Bohemian spirit. I mean, I would walk, sometimes walk from bar to bar and end up at some place in the beginning of the morning mm-hmm. and it's like talking, talking. So th- this song reminds me very much of her and, and the spirit that I experienced in Paris, which yeah. was wonderful, wonderful. I made like my best friends at the time. And people that are now around the world, I mean, living yeah. in different cities, but I still in contact with. And Would you ever go back to Paris? I do. I try to go <clears throat> as much as I can, um, sometimes once a year. I mean, last year I went in May. And sometimes when, when I go to another place in Europe, I try to stop in Paris and, and at least see my my close friends mm-hmm. for one day. That was the case last year. I was going to the Cannes Film Festival for work. And then 
on the way, I spend one day in Paris just just to have dinner with friends yeah. and, uh, and go on. So I try. But of course, I mean, my Parisian friends or French friends, they're still there, but other friends, they're like now in London, in, in Brazil, in Canada, in, in different parts of the world. Because it's many people, when, when you're a student, uh, meet people from many different places, and they are there for these studies, and then they, they go on with their right. professional lives, and they, they move. So I was in a very, in a way, very international school for mm -hmm. France, because France, the universities, not all of them, they have these international programs. But where I, I, I was, they called this Institute Sciences Sociales, would meet people from everywhere, and it was very interesting. I always think um, that's one of my biggest regrets of, from when I was in school was not doing a study abroad. Um, and you know, I mean, I, it's not that I didn't want to; it's just I never felt like I could afford to do it. And looking back on it, it's like I should have worked extra jobs and found a way to get out there. Because I mean, as as I've traveled more over the years and like met people from different backgrounds and things and you know that I think in America culturally it's not necessarily something that I mean a lot of people do study abroad but it's a little bit more outside the norm whereas I feel like um, when I travel and meet international people from Australia or Brazil or wherever there's always stories of like oh the year that I spent in Paris or the year that I spent in Berlin or and um I think it's just such a, it seems like an important time in your life to go out and discover and meet people and get a sense of perspective um, that I wish I had gotten at that age when I had the chance to do it. And I've tried to make up for it by traveling more now. Um, of course. And I still can take, I don't know, break for six months yeah. or sabbatic. Uh, I and, just and, talking about and, that and, last and, night. <laughs> and, and go for, for, I don't know, a, a pause something study specialization or something it's really <laughs> worth it and, and I, I think that's the best you can do for young people when I think about like countries policies and mm -hmm. like to how to to deal with diversity right. I mean the best thing can happen to a young, young person is yeah. to be exposed to different cultures and, right. and to have to deal with that and to have to yeah Learn that his point, her point of view is not... It's not you know, fully formed, yeah. yeah. And you only know what you know. And yet, you still find that uh, how similar people actually are despite all of those differences in the sense exactly. that you can you, still have very meaningful connections exactly, um, and learn from each other in that way. That's, that's my favorite part of it. Yeah, of traveling. I mean, you have the experience traveling, of course, but when, when you stay somewhere and you get to connect to the local culture and that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel very much attached to France. Yeah. It's, it's part of me. It's home. part of me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have other, um, other places that you've traveled to that you feel similar to? You know, in New York, mm -hmm. because I spend yeah, time there that. too. So, and, and also like very intense, very rich, very meaningful period of my life also yeah. a lot about learning about love yeah. I, I met my first husband there 
who is a very important person in my life. I mean, it's, it remains family. Mm-hmm. Even we are not together anymore, but he's my family yeah. too. So, yeah, I would say Paris and New York are the place. I mean, my second homes and places cool. where I can go back to and I always feel well and happy. And I'm sure you still know many people there. Yeah. Not as many, but yeah, I mean, people that are important, people that are really friends, even we don't see each other for long periods. Uh, it's still the same when we get together and can st- start talking from right. about anything, you know. Well, now with WhatsApp, <laughs> it's so easy to catch yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, to catch up and to connect, but nothing like uh, being with people. No, yeah, you can't replace and, that. And that's something that I... I trying to do more now it's sometimes when i travel when i when i have some days off it's to go to places where my friends are mm-hmm. or trying to meet them halfway uh, last year i did that one of these friends that i made in, during this time in, in paris he's a mathematician uh, he's from brazil he used to be a university teacher and now he works in a bank in london <laughs> with uh, finance yeah. Matt and finance and um, he's in London for I don't know more than five years now and uh, I was going to the Berlin Film Festival but I had uh, some days off before so we decided to meet in Prague that we didn't know both of us oh, wow. so we spent like three days in Prague and it, it was wonderful yeah. you know we didn't have a chance like to, to spend days together for right. years right and it was a beautiful trip. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Did you like Prague? Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. It's absolutely it's so, like like it's a, a fairy thing. tale almost <laughs> because it's super beautiful. Yeah. I'll have that on my list, I guess now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally cool. worth it. Um, well, how, do you think this went well? Do you feel good? Are you glad you came on? Yes, I'm, I'm so happy for that. Um, I mean, when when you mentioned, I thought, oh, that may be cool to do it. And then I started thinking about the songs, and it was hard because, of course, we have, like, many songs that right. are important. So or many. It's hard to pick and, the three. And, and, uh, it's, and those are not necessarily my favorite ones. Right. I mean, uh, I love many other things. I love classical music. I love Bach. Maybe that's my first, first yeah. love <laughs> in terms of music, but I also lo- love Bowie. And I see you yeah. too because you have many things around uh-huh. the house. And um, but those those are music that are are related to my 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 life, to history of my life, yeah. moments of my life that are important. And that yeah. Well, thank so. you for sharing all of it. I think uh, you captured it really well. And I, I had messaged you, um, I guess, a couple of weeks ago about it w- through Airbnb. And, um, you know, I wanted to give you the prompt early, but mm-hmm. also not put pressure on you mm-hmm. to feel like you had to do it. Um, because it does. I think it does take a little bit of time to decide which mm-hmm. ones and what you want to talk about. Um, and I'm really glad you decided to, to come on and do it. Oh, it was I fun. I'm I enjoyed happy. it. Um, and it's gonna, I'm gonna take this this moment with me. It's gonna be a special part of my stay in Austin. Well, good. good. <laughs> well, and we'll put it um, online so you'll be able to go back and listen to it and mm. and enjoy. <laughs> okay. Thank you, dear. Well, thanks so much, and uh, until next time. <laughs>